Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now on Giddy Up, it's time for Turn of Foot with Nick Foot and Hugh Fitzpatrick. First of all, I want to say hello to you, Huey Fitzpatrick. Gee. Um, how's your week been? Very good week, brother. Yourself? Yeah. yeah, not bad. Now, I thought we lost one of our counterparts there the other day because I don't know where his ego's um, evaporated to because he's all of a sudden become man of the people. Now he's become too good for the people. As I say hello to you, Nicholas Foote. Well, that's a, that's an icy introduction, It Gareth. is, isn't do, it? Do you want to elaborate on, well, on that was, just to fill me in? Yes. I'm just being me, mate. I was, well, that's a concern then because I was so angry listening to the radio the other day because I'm so proud of you, Nick Foote, in all aspects of life, from where you've come from, from the boy from Tassie living your dream, um, umpiring AFL, and now you've got your own podcasts talking racing. But I was just listening the other day with Miles Fitzner, and you probably, like, first of all, people wearing football jumpers and they're 22 and above. Like, what is wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting take. I just think there's a time in people's lives where if they're going to a sporting event, it's sort of just you dress it down a little. It's a scarf and a hat. Full-grown adults in football jumpers, not mm. for me. Well, I disagree. Like, I bought a We're game. We're an opinions-based game, Gareth. Correct. And this is what we're here to do. I know. And that's my opinion. Yeah, and then you were bagging the people of Sandown the other day. Now, I wasn't you bagging were. the people of Sandown. So what did you say behind the shoot there at I Sandown? Was, I was talking about the uh, the shoot start at Sandown. Yes. But it was so far back, it was almost in the Sandown Park Hotel. And then that's... what were you saying about the people in the Sand, Sandown Park Hotel? I was talking about a particular jockey perhaps playing the pokies. Correct. or. <laughs> yep. Perhaps getting in a knife yeah. fight. I don't think I was really talking about the people of Sandown. Yes, you were. It was sort of like mm, I'm probably actually, too good for the people of Sandown. Actually, while we're on this and you're talking about and you're talking about egos, um, I might have heard something throughout the week about a certain um, football experience. I've got some audio there, boys. Gareth famously kicked four in the first quarter one day playing for Ballarat away at Darley and yelled at the crowd, someone call the CFA because Big Hawley's on fire. Is that true, Gareth? Yeah, I did actually. Oh. And they still remember the day that I turned up to Darley and kicked four. It was five and a quarter. G-train. And G-train at full forward. <laughs> long sleeve jumpers on. Um, turn it on. And the feral under-18 kids for Darley were abusing me. Anyway, I just turned to him after I kicked the fifth from the boundary line in front of him. Um, called the fire brigade. And then I finally sobered up after that never got a kick. So well, that, that's Sandra Sally with the late news. No, that's been well, played all over the that's network. That's been doing the rounds, hasn't yeah. it? And it, can, and it can go again because yeah. it's it's applicable to yes. you having a crack at me saying I have an ego. Well, because... it's, a, it's a little bit different. Um, I'm not saying I'm better than anyone. As opposed to? Anyway, I, I did that I did that as a favour for Jacko because Jackson France is um, a man that I adore so much and he's come across with me from the other network that I was working with and he was just being given the big job, um, Jacko, to produce Off the Bench, which is, of course, hosted by the boss, Craig Hutchison. And... Um, you know, he was just struggling for a little bit of content. And my favourite segment is the people in the third person. And I thought, oh, geez, 
um, I'll help you out here, Jacko. So I acted like a buffoon and um, went in there and helped Miles. So, so it's so cost you. So it was, it so was, you're saying it was out of character and now it's just come it back It was to basically when the football coach goes to you, Gareth, you decoy today, sir. <laughs> but it's, you're doing it for the football side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, fully grown men in footy jerseys is a big no-no, Gareth. So support for you there, Nicholas Foote. 0499 736 736. There's plenty on the agenda. What caught your eye? There's already we started that. Obviously, we've got our debate to talk about. What are our debate issues today? There's a few issues going around. The All-Star Mile final field. Yep. You're happy with it. Animo, what does he have to do to become a champ? Yes. And a few others. Any All New right, Zealand then. horses. What New Zealand horse is going to dominate the next few weeks down mm. under? Beautiful. Um, what caught your eye? A few things caught my eye. I was... Um, now, Jared Waitley's sort of been running with this story a little bit, so I'm not going to copy the great man. Well, you should because well, he's a good man to copy. That's what I was going to say. It would be a smart thing to do. But I was um, having a coffee on Monday at the cafe, and it took me 12 pages for me to see a racing article. Now, the racing that was on the weekend, the best, arguably the best weekend of racing we'll have all year. There's no footy, no NRL, no cricket. What's it take for racing to get on the paper? Like, is it just the racing fans aren't readers of newspapers or we're more digital, more betting, punting orientated? But... 12 pages. I nearly finished my latte before I saw okay. the racing article. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't read a paper really these oh, days. I don't either. And I wonder, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, which could be dangerous, is the stigma that's attached to racing in mainstream media. Could that be the issue of where it's being placed in the newspaper? So for me personally, my, all my news related to horse racing, everything for, for that for me is through Twitter, through digital. Um, you sort of, you know, you can lock in who you want to follow, what you want to take from it. Um, I think for me personally, and I only can speak for me, newspapers are redundant. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting one because you've got – so racing, you say that it's not in the mainstream media these days, but RaceNet, um, so say the Murdoch, um, the Murdoch brand, they've got RaceNet, they've got the Punters website mm-hmm. that they yeah. use. So they've got so many different they, – they think that racing – um, can make their money with the investment they've made in in certain websites and they've got their own basically um, digital at, content. They're aimed at the punters, punters at the person already in the industry. Yep. So, But they're trying to get new people into the industry, industry as well mm. with um, buying into these these organisations. And the other part about all of this has got better now that um, the Murdoch brand is involved with. So... I don't know. Racing's always been towards the back end of the pages, but you're probably the best person to speak to, Huey. So here on SEN, we cover all sports. 100%. We do not discriminate here on SEN. Where does racing rate from a uh, clickbait point of view? Yeah, poorly. Article-wise, it rates poorly. So if we write a... Well, who's writing the articles? If we write an article on a massive story in racing, I don't know, Jamie Carr, an injury, massive injury, Jamie Carr, it would get, let's say, 100 clicks. Let's just use 100 as a, as a unit. But if we wrote a Kane Corns, Lissy's four, top four, that'd get 10,000 clicks. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know, but if we do a betting article, if we do a Mickey Gannon's best bets at Tuesday at Wagga, it'd do 1,000 clicks. But if we do, you know, a real racing, hard-hitting story, it won't do as many. So racing fans, I don't know if they more interested in the punt these days than the actual story, I think they are. And personally, I'm more interested in the punt than the, the theatre of the, the racing. Yeah. It's a bit of a shame, though. Racing was at its best on Saturday. Like, we had group ones everywhere. We had stories, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, best horse in the country. And it took me 12 pages mm. to read an article mm. in the sports section of Herald Sun and The Age. What, you, what caught your eye, Woody? Uh, 
Well, I was also listening to. I'm a I'm a big fan of listening to Sen on uh, on Saturday mornings. Your good self, Gareth, great great insight, great platform into the weekend, and I managed to hear your best bet actually for the weekend, and and your best bet went a lot better than your uh, than your music knowledge. Having just one bet, G man, what are we doing? I think we're shuffling. You get that song, um, uh, Black Eyed Peas, where they sing, we're shuffling now. Um, Peter Moody's horse in race number, where is it, two at Sandown, Shuffle Dancer. Well, I think you're looking for LMFAO there, G-Man. Oh, so and they're not the Black Eyed Peas. No, they're not. No. I did enjoy it. I was in the car. Everybody's shuffling I was in the I was in the car with my wife and she was cringing and she was going, is this the bloke that you work with on a Wednesday morning? And I was like, yes, it is. And she goes, hand in the, your resignation immediately. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Mrs. Foot. Yeah. I don't know now. Um, you tipped it up too, shuffle um, answer. Yeah. And it did it win. You, mate, you yeah, tipped up. Did Mrs. Foot jump on? Yeah, I'm not sure she has an account with Bet365 yet. We might, okay. have, to, we might have to hook well, that up. It's the world's favourite online betting company. Make sure you gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Great tip nonetheless. Yes, it was. Um, and it was one of the great rides from Betty Mellon as well. you got to give credit where credit is due. And I think that caught your eyes. Is that it for you, Huey? That's, that's it. I've got another one. I tell you what, Racing's, Racing's launching a sort of behind-the-scenes Drive to Survive documentary. Yep. Now, did they come to you? They offer you to get involved? The old no. Drive to Survive, they got journalists involved, reporters, and I was yep. wondering, did an offer come Gareth Hall's way? They talked to my manager, but under the current agreement that I am involved with here at SEN, I wasn't able to participate. <laughs> Imagine that. Just 40 hours of Gareth buying boost juices. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be quality, quality mail, television. My mail is that it's very, very good. And no surprises, guess who's the star of the show, who, who's just made for reality TV? Uncle? Uncle Lindsay. Yeah, yep. nice. He'll be like, I think he, I was talking to Uncle Lindsay yesterday and um, he was telling me, he was even inviting them into the shower, basically the cameras. They was like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, everywhere that they wanted to go, it was this like, Full access for Lindsay Smith. So his family got involved. And Lindsay Smith, like he's one of the great characters in the sport of racing. But he's also a man that lives a very sometimes up and down um, life, Lindsay. So he will, and he, and, he, and he lives with the emotion of the highs and the lows of the game, Lindsay mm. Smith. So um, that insight that he will deliver for that documentary will be exceptional. So... Has it, um, has, it been, to it. has it been revealed who else they're going to follow throughout that? Because I've just finished watching Full Swing, the uh, the golf yeah. on Netflix, and Mickey Gannon's here, our, our pro golfer. He's about to join us after the break, Mickey G. Looking forward um, to it. I just I thought how they went at every different angle of you know in terms of level, rookies, the best. Yeah. You had Rory. Um, I just thought it was so well done. I'd love to see that with the industry, just a really yeah. nice widespread well, and different pockets because our industry is so broad. They're following it through the All-Star Miles. So it's the build-up to this year's All-Star Miles. So okay. Jamie's featuring, Mick Price is featuring. Is Jack Dickens that's going to feature that's, as well? Now, this is what I'm thinking. I think <laughs> Keats, is, Keats has been the story of this All-Star Miles so far. Well, in, S- in SEN, in SEN no, track in, he has. In racing as a whole, he epitomizes what the All-Star I, Miles is about. I, I, I challenge you to get a Jetstar flight across the Bass Strait and I reckon there's a yeah. there's a state down there that would say I otherwise. Think, I think the votes indicate that probably maybe the inevitable is campaign's been a touch better than mm. the Keats campaign, but the Keats campaign's been pretty pretty uh, exceptional as well. So we'll debate that a little later on. But I think it's the all-star mile build-up. So unfortunately, we don't get to hear some of those stories like an apprentice starting out. But talking to Lindsay, he introduces staff members so they get an insight on what they do. 
Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what to expect, really. Um, I think there might have been a few hiccups along the way. I think Annabelle Neesham, um was part of the 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 filming for the, this this documentary, but she probably won't Zarky. have a runner in the Zarky. All-Star Mile. Mm. But still, that could be interesting because the ups and downs of the game when you think that you've got a, a horse racing in an All-Star Mile and then the preparation doesn't go to plan. So racing such a wonderful game with so many terrific storylines. So I think this should have been done a long time ago. And as Zach Purton pointed out, that the best place to do a, um, a Formula One type series would have been with Hong Kong and especially following Joe Muir and Zach Purton. Mm. Like he's blot with Mark Van Gestel. He's blot with a fellow Hong Kong jockey there the other day. Um, jockeys cutting each other's lunches, stealing rides. Um, they live in the same apartment buildings. I reckon the Hong Kong situation, that landscape would be the perfect place to film a, a racing documentary. It's just reality TV, isn't it? At its right very, there? very best. Yeah. And when you've got someone with a great rural talent like Zach Purton, who's at mm. the top of his game but speaks his mind, like you wouldn't be able to, like, the, the, remote, the remote control's going nowhere mm. if you're watching something like that. It's the Rory McElroy of racing. Oh, 110%. says how it is. Yeah. yeah. And it can only be good for racing too. He's the yeah. Toto of racing. <laughs> okay. um, we'll take a quick break on the other side of it. It's 17 minutes past state. This is Turner Foot on Giddy Up on this Wednesday morning. You can join the conversation any time. 0499736736. Maybe rank your top sport series. Like we've had the tennis, golf. And Formula One, we had the AFL coaches or the AFL managers in the in the um, the background. So rate them for us, and we'll um, read them out and give us a reason why you love a certain sports series. I think the tennis one was a little bit. It didn't really. I was looking forward to it and had curiosity, but apart from that, it had like pointless tennis matches that we've already seen. I, I couldn't get excited yeah, about I watching that. But the, for, the Formula One is so much better than all of the rest. Mm -hmm. Like, it's exceptional. We'll take a break and come back with Mickey Gannon, who will join the team as we debate some of the big issues in racing straight up. Adelaide, Brisbane, Carlton, Collingwood, Fremantle. Essendon. Oh, Adelaide, Brisbane, Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Fremantle, Geelong, Gold Coast, GWS, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, 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 North Melbourne, <laughs> Richmond. <laughs> Stupid game. All right, that was a stupid game. That's right, Gareth. You're right. That our digital team uh, was the Pontus, wasn't it? It was the Nick Neg. Yeah, um, he's got over five thousand. We're going to have a. We're, I've invented a, a digital um, podcast as well that we'll launch over the next couple of weeks. Um, Giddy up extra, it's going to be called. But anyway, we had to play the game that if you could say the AFL sides in alphabetical order. So we're, have we got any prizes to give away? We've got loads. Loads All of right proclaimed then. vouchers. What prizes then? $50 proclaimed vouchers. The best pale ale in the game. All right, I'm going to give two away yeah. for this competition. Give as many as you want away. So please. if you can call up. Now, you, this is an honesty process here. So one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. I'll read that number again. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. This is the first time we try and talk back here. A little nervous. What could go wrong? Oh, well, I'm just hoping someone bloody rings. Um, <laughs> so if you can come on and we'll have a crack at trying to um, say these AFL clubs in alphabetical order. I think our record's 18 seconds, David King. King, you got 14 seconds. 14. Jerry just walked past then, Jerry Waitley, and he, he had 15. He was not happy. I think you <laughs> should make it a real challenge and make the caller um, recite every GG horse in Tasmania yes. in alphabetical order. If if they can do the <laughs> AFL teams, I reckon we move on to the GGs. 
Yeah. Only problem is that you're the only person. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I love Tassie racing. Yeah. Um, give us a call. 1-300-23-55-48. Let's have a crack yeah. at this. So one 55 Just to read that number out for the 15th time. Um, love AFL and thought, show me the money was a great insight into trade slash draft period. The Formula One was definitely top of the list, but keen to see the racing one. Um, Gareth, you mentioned a Hong Kong version would be good as live in the same apartment blocks, etc. Well, Victorian jockey's life. Yeah, yeah, but I can't read that out. Unbelievable. Uh, the Last Dance was by far the best. Some oh. of the, the 30 for 30 ESPN are brilliant as well. That's from Locke. Let's welcome in Mickey Gannon from the great tip-off. Mickey, welcome to Turn of Foot. Morning, boys. Did you have me. Did you have to... Um, did you have to get the approval from Nicholas Foote to um, come on this show or did you just um, hijack it? Cost me a uh, lime and latte. <laughs> oh, okay, there um, you go. Um, um, you've had a, <laughs> you've had a big night, haven't yeah, you? If, I'm oh, feeling fresh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yep. Mickey Gannon can't say arm and he's got no chance of reeling yep, off 18 yep, AFL yes. clubs <laughs> in a row. But it's good to see you're on the premium show on Giddy Up um, yep. for the first time, Gano. Good, good to be here. We've got um, plenty of debate. Um, topics. What's going on? The Pontus has just walked in. Well, Nick Nagelpontus has said he can do the alphabetical order in 10 seconds. No, you can't. Do you want to give him All right, a, then let's go. Yeah, right. here we go. <laughs> 10 seconds. Wait a sec. Can we get this on camera? Because I don't oh, No, it's going to be live anyway. So he's look down the barrel. Yep. There we go. I can do it in less than 10 seconds. All right, then, Pontus. This is this is your chance. Yep. Take it away. Adelaide, Brisbane, Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Fremantle, Geelong, Gold Coast, GWS, Hawthorne, Melbourne, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide Richmond, St Kilda, Sydney, West Coast, Western Bulldogs. We'll have to check the we'll have to check the tape. Well done. Oh, what about you just walks out? Oh, wow. <laughs> See you later. Drop the mic. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, that's sensational. That was pretty impressive. He's been practicing that in the shower for a long, long yes. time. And he tripped up as well. And he still did it under ten yeah. seconds. Yeah, that was clutch. Nicky Neg. Unbelievable. I'm blown away. I'm speechless after that. What does he do in his spare time? Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, boys, yesterday I was, I was listening. On Monday, G was joined Jared Waitley and they discussed the Animo and whether or not he's a champ. Does he have to go to Europe to make him a champ right now? Like, what else does he have to do? Two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old. What does Animo have to do right now to become a champion? I think he's a champion. He's won a Cox Plate. He's won eight Group Ones. He has been a star since he was a two-year-old. He was unlucky in a Cox Plate. He was unlucky in a Golden Slipper. Um He's been a mighty galloper for Godolphin for so long, so I have him in the, the champion category. Um, yeah, I think he's just been a wonderful horse. And you know what? He doesn't He doesn't necessarily, it, when you watch him and then you look at the clock, he's just, he doesn't like stand out like a superstar, but um, he just he just gets the job done mm -hmm. week in, week out. Yeah, he's not black caviar. He's not, no. he's not winks, but he's a champion. Eight group yeah. one wins. Knock up another one before he retires. If you what race for another what three two or three years, probably another eight. Well, you win the Queen Elizabeth if they if he goes down that path. Um, you win the Ramford, so you might win a couple more Group Ones and then head to England. Hopefully. I think the thing that frustrates me is there's this there's a bit of a narrative about oh he hasn't beaten like he hasn't beaten much. People constantly sort of run with that, but there's a reason he hasn't. It's because people dodge Animo now. Like when you become a champion and you're at that weight for age level, people do actually dodged like you know how many times did winks have to beat happy clapper and that was yeah. and that was basically it so animo's certainly in the champion um category i don't know how anyone could could honestly argue that i agree dico how about dico do you know that caught my eye as well his big take that got slammed on social media but 
He's God talking through, talking through the kick, Dicko, isn't he? Yeah, he was talking through the kick a little bit. Um, Mickey, but you know what? I disagreed with Dicko's comments, saying that he's the greatest horse that he's ever seen. But Dicko has a different philosophy on the way that he sees racing than me. Now, I, I might have said, well, that's a stupid comment. And it is in my eyes. But I still, in a way, respect Dicko's opinion. And it's his opinion. And there's a lot of outrage, which is great on social media. And people like to get outraged for the sake of being outraged. But at the end of the day, it's a little bit of fun and it's an opinion. So no one's opinion can be right or wrong. You can maybe think you can disagree with it. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's just an opinion. Mm. I thought it was brave. I mean, I can certainly understand the point of um, talking. I think he was coming from the, the point of view that he's done it as a two-year-old, done it as a three-year-old, done it in, you know, springs, autumns, whatever. So, like, I, I can totally understand where the opinion's coming from yeah. and, and you're right like everyone's entitled to one but um he can happily take on that twitter feedback i'll <laughs> i'll sit back on my feet up jared waitley <laughs> said that he probably needs at the end of the autumn carnival we can call him a champion animo he hasn't quite, he's on the verge of being a champion so it's interesting and bruce compared him to to so you think and there's a lot of similarities between so you think and and animo so you think did some remarkable work in europe so animo still got to do that um, but they're both wonderful horses. Now, the All-Star Mile final field was finalised last night. I'll just read it out if the listeners aren't aware of it yet. So, Alligator Blood's in. I Wish I Win. I'm Thunderstruck. Mr. Brightside. Nugget. The Inevitable. Tuvalu. Jackano. Keats. And Gentleman Roy. Now, yep. Mickey, who did you vote for in the All-Star Mile? Did you vote? I voted for Keats. Just, you know, looking after the boys. If, I, if you wanted me to tip you into one, Alligator Blood. Now, Huey... We, I've missed what caught my eye, but did you declare that Alligator Blood wouldn't win a race this spring? Was mm. that you? That did that come across you too? That was, a, that was in a WhatsApp. That was in a WhatsApp thread with a couple of my mates. Oh, I said I won't win a race this this autumn, and I've been as soon as it won, I, the WhatsApp just went off. Yeah. So Os, Oscar's clearly call. said that. Well, it just here. proves that you have no idea, really. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, now, I was just thinking: does, is the All Star Mile a success so far? Um, is it in its fifth year, fourth year, of fifth year of running? Um, yeah, do you, do you rate the concept? Has it sort of stuck true to what it was initially planned to be for the battlers get everyone in to now it's sort of the best of the best is what we're running now? Well, yeah. sometimes Adam Hamilton wrote a really good article on um, his his opinion piece on the harness.org.au website and it's regarding harness racing and there was a horse by the name of Captain Ravishing that was defeated as a short price favourite. Um, in the chariots of fight, but he was being a horse. He's been a horse that's been able to transcend the sport of harness racing. But when he got beat, there was a lot of applaudance or um, a lot of people cheering on his defeat because some in the industry believe that he's been overrated too much and they wanted to bring him down in a way. And Adam wrote a, a wonderful article saying that sometimes with the racing industry, um, we're our own worst enemy that we shoot down any new concept or a champion that we want to say, oh, Adamo's not a champion. He's not as good as this horse and blah, blah, blah. But I think with the all-star mile, I think that some people just want to, people are looking for it to fail. Mm. And I think you've got to embrace something like the all-star mile because racing needs to think outside of the square to get new people involved in this wonderful game. I'm a hundred percent with it, Gareth. I, I think innovation and change yeah. in an industry that is just completely and utterly obsessed with tradition is always going to be challenged. So I, I think what we've seen from the all-star mile in its infancy, and let's like, let's talk about crowds. How many, is this the fifth 
edition, was it, Huey? It's yeah, 2019, 2019 was the first year, Mystic Journey, yeah. So, I mean, in its infancy, you look through crowds on track with pandemics. We've had two years affected as well. I think it's slowly becoming its its into its own. And, and I love the All-Star Mile. I love the concept. Um, we had Gano just talk about how he voted for Keats. I think everyone in an SEN track's been on that. I'm, I'm in the corner of the inevitable. Yeah. You get these opportunities to have these David v. Goliath type stories don't you and it's and it's great yeah. and I think in the first year we saw who was the the Chris Munts trained runner I think it was like Urban Ruler or something yeah. got all the votes from Queensland came down and got absolutely flogged and we're like oh do we need to have a level or a rating to be accepted into it but it's part of the story it gets people talking about it and you get your say so I'm a big all-star mile advocate and I think it's going to continue to grow yeah and and Melbourne Victorian racing needed something like this because Sydney you know I'm a Sydney Sydney sider we have the Everest we have these pop-up races they needed something different down here they produced something different and now they've got a whole lot of really good racehorses here the first edition there was a couple of average horses this is great. And I like the rivalry. I like the fact that it's Team Keats. I love the fact that it's Team Gentleman Roy, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I think it's fantastic. There's only a couple aspects that I'll change to the All-Star Mile. Peter Moody, like I love Pete Moody and Waikato Stud do a wonderful job as well. But to have I Wish I Win in this field, taking up so many votes when they know that they're only a 1% chance of going into the All-Star Mile. Like sometimes I don't think that's in the spirit of this concept, what Racing Victoria are trying to do. Now you can understand if you're Pete Moody and the connections of that horse saying, well, even if we're a 1% chance of going to this race, we want to keep our horse in it. But it's basically buggered up the voting and it hurts a horse like a pounding her own by, which is a stable mate, ironically, do I wish I win, owned by some great people, some country people that I know, and they would love to go to the pub and and tell their mates that I'm racing an all-star mile. But because they had this horse in, it doesn't allow them that opportunity. I noticed Moody Racing started a real late campaign to get Correct. pounding into the race as well via the yes. socials. And I was like, I think it was 12 hours out. And I'm like, geez, you've left <laughs> yes, your run a little bit late. late here. I had a few owners from pounding give me a call. Can you help me out, G? <laughs> I said, well... Maybe Pete could scratch. I wish I win. That could be the start. Hey, but I'm not. Ha- this is. I'm not having a crack at. Do uh, we have emergent? Do we? Can you help a man out? So here? This do is, we have? Uh, is there a next in line concept? We've got to go to the news. But this is the problem. What Racing Victoria need to fix up next year. So I wish I win. If Peter Moody wants to stay in this race because he believes he's a one percent chance of going to the All Star Mile, well, um, allow him to do that because that is his right to do just that. But you need to so. Horses, so if I wish I win goes out, the horse with the most prize money goes in instead of the horse that was the 11th most popular horse with the votes. So my argument for all of this is that we can fix that problem. We're not blowing up at Pete Moody saying scratch, or we're not putting pressure on Pete Moody saying scratch I wish I win because you're not allowing another horse to have that opportunity. Mm. But if you just say, all right, then if Pete Moody goes out, then the 11th horse, which was... The Peter Snowden trained mare. She's a belter. She's a belter goes in. And then if Jackano goes out, which is expected, and then Pounding goes in. Mm-hmm. So I'm, just read, um, I'm just reading here, G. There's five wild cards. Yeah. And the winner of the blame year as well. Correct. We'll get a run. So oh, Pounding's okay. a chance. Pounding is a chance, yeah. but I don't know if you'll get a wild card, really, Pounding. They got, well, who, like, do they, who, who do they hand them out to? Well, there's Cascadian. There's a few others in there. Yeah. We can discuss that a little later on, but I would just change that rule. Yep. Um, let's take the news, 8.36, and we'll come back with Turner Foot. Mickey Gaddens joining us with uh, our regulars, Nick Foot and also Huey Fitzpatrick. 8.38, giddy up on this 
Wednesday morning. Great to be with you. Nicholas Foot, Mickey Gannon from the great tip-off joining us live from Melbourne after, of course, travelling down from Sydney yesterday and Huey Fitzpatrick. But we've got one of my favourites on. The boy from Assumption that dominates the airways on SEN, David King, who loves his racing as well. And he joins us now. Key, thanks. This is an honour to have you on Giddy Up, mate. Hello to you. Mate, I'm normally listening to you. I don't know what's going on here, but uh, no, enjoying your work. It's been, you've hit the ground running, you guys. Now, Kingy, we've got you on because I think you actually cheated with that 14 second, oh, 18 seconds with the alphabetical order of the AFL sites. <laughs> now, we Mate, want you to go, we want you to go now mates. live on radio when you can't think about it and don't check your phone either. Right. What do you, want, you want me to do it again? Yes, please. Go. Adelaide, Brisbane, Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Fremantle, Geelong, Gold Coast, GWS, Hawthorne, Melbourne, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Richmond, St Kilda, Sydney, West Coast, and the Western Bulldogs. Now, yeah. Kingy, that's a world record. 11.59. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we needed to have the camera on him. Now, Kingy. Mate, I'm, I'm up here on the Gold Coast. At the, I'm spending the week with the Gold Coast Suns, mate. My whole life is footy. It's like, it's like me asking you to, to, to tell me who won last Saturday's races at, at at Sandown. You do All it easily, mate. I do this every day. Yeah, now, how are the Gold Coast Suns looking? Looking good. Yeah, looking good. Stewie Jew's got the joint uh, absolutely jumping at the moment. It's uh, It's been a bit of an experience, actually. They've got... Uh, I, I thought it was a really young squad, but when you see them you know, live and their new facilities are so impressive, it's uh, it's very exciting up here. I, I can't wait to see how they go uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we, I think they'll make the top eight. They might be in my little bet, 365 multi in... We're going to challenge you guys too on SEN eleven sixteen Kingy because we all know that you love a punt, but we think yes. that we're the best punters on on the SEN um, on the SEN network. Um, network, and we want to take you guys on throughout the year with a little bit of oh. fun. You can have a racing tip, uh, uh, an AFL tip, whatever you want, and um, we'll see if you can beat us on Giddy Up this year. Oh, I'd love that. Yep. I'd love that. I'm happy. To, I'm more than happy to engage and. Everything comes at a price. You got to put a bottle of red up. We've got, yeah, well, got a to couple put a of bottle, bottle of reds. Up. Yeah, and we're looking okay. forward to defeating Kane because he comes across like he thinks he knows everything. So we're looking, and the digital team will be on my side too with all of the numbers. You might ruin the myth because yeah, Cornsey has all the answers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to you know, to upset the man. No, He's, I love uh, him. No, nah, he'll be strong. Yes. Put it that way, he'll now, be strong on something. The text line's blowing up here. Gee, they want you to have a crack at the alphabetical order. So Kingy's done in 10.59. Oh, yes. Now, hang on a yes. second. I'll get the stopwatch up. No, I don't have to do no, it anymore, well, mate. Kingy's just done his. You can time him with a sundial, I reckon. <laughs> what I, saw of the, uh... I don't want to do it because I actually don't know. Anyway, Kingy, I'll stuff it up completely. I can't get my computer up quick enough to put it up on my screen like you. Thanks for your time, mate. Enjoy the Gold Coast. Say hello to Stewie Jew for us. And um, yeah, we'll I will be listening. Good on you, boys. Hey, look forward to the challenge. Give me a call when you need me. Yeah, we will. Good on you. There's David King. He's a star. Good on um, you. Kane Corns and King are like must listen on a Friday morning. Bible. Bible. Um, we need to take a break. We'll come back with plenty more. This is Turner Foot on Giddy Up this Wednesday morning. This is Giddy Up this Wednesday morning. Turner Foot, Gareth Hall, Nicholas Foot, Huey Fitzpatrick, and our special co host today is Bicky Gannon from The Great Tip Off. Ronnie says, the best five I've seen are Winks, Black Caviar, Kingston Town, Maccabi Divas. So you think, Brackets could have won three plates if stayed in Australia. And if Dulcify didn't tragically break down, it could have been right up there as well. Hard to disagree with you there, Ronnie. G'day, lads. All-star mile, great idea, but should be made a handicap. We'll set weights to let the battlers have a chance and a race um, go the Dons from Posty Troy. Keats, great campaign. 
I'm a fan of the all-star mold, but think it's set weights. Penalty structure would be better than weight for age. Gives everyone a chance that way. You thought, Mickey Gannon? Your thoughts? Uh, no, I'm a big weight for age fan. Yep. And nice to have Ron Duffersy testing as well. Yeah, right. He loves Obviously the show. Down, down in Melbourne. It's good. Yeah. Nicholas Foot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> great, great insight. I've got, I got nothing more to add. Okay, so you, you agree? Think... You like weight for age as well? After hundred percent. What right. other? What oh, other? Mickey again? He, you know, he knows, mate. Yeah. Did you, a... did you like finishing the card on Saturday with a Group One? And they didn't really have a choice with the winning post, but do you think going forward, would you like to see a Group One finish the card? I think it's fantastic. It, it keeps the, the crowd engaged. They hang around longer, but the only issue you got is they might turn up later. So what do you do? We have another Group One at the start of the meeting. I like England. I like England's concept. I think have. Less races, more quality races. Now, this will never happen, but you'd start with the Group 1. Like, the, the greatest racing carnival, the second greatest racing carnival in the world is Royal Ascot. They start with the Queen Anne, 1,600-metre mile race down the straight. We saw Frankel, like Frankel, their number one um, attraction there all those years ago. He was the first race of the carnival. Don't be and, late. No. Don't be late. Don't, Don't be, be late. late. So um, get that Uber. Schedule that yeah, Uber. I'd nearly rather. I'd nearly rather some of the best races at the start of the meeting because they get the best use of the track. Yep. Um, we get to see them straight off the bat, um, and people are going to stay anyway. You're just not going to turn up to watch one race and go home. Yeah, I, I did. I enjoyed it from the fact that I mean we had five Group Ones on the weekend, and they were spread over like what a three hour period. Because being a couch surfer on Saturday, it was great because you had you had good racing spaced nicely throughout the entire day. But again, like with the change in that post, like you understand why it was yeah. the last. Yeah, and I don't know how it works as well. I'm, I'm sure turnover is going to play a massive part in that decision in terms of when they would have the group one racing. Yeah. I'm sure that ultimately, I don't know enough about it, but I'm sure that ultimately will determine what time the group one racing will be. I think later in the day, the better turnover. There was a period of time though where they, they they basically aimed the group ones to be a certain time where everyone was at the pub sitting down. But the, the yeah. demographics changed now. We're not sitting at the pub betting anymore. Yeah, we're sitting at home now. But yeah. I must admit, I was at the pub on Saturday and I nearly missed the Oakley Plate, which was arguably the best group one of the day. And I nearly I nearly didn't have a bet because I was off doing other things. Were you I, mingling? No, yeah, but yeah, you're I, a different I, type I was, of unit. No, but I'm 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a massive punter. So I and I the Oakley Plate I nearly lost it because it was about five thirty at night and. We might have to introduce Hugh to the set and forget technique yep. when he's out and about because that, that sounds pretty irresponsible to me, Huey. Yes. <laughs> now yeah. yeah, I've got to take a break. We'll come back and we'll wrap up. Turn a foot this Wednesday morning. Welcome back Shopping. to Giddy Up. Um, Mickey Gannon, Nicholas Foot, Huey Fitzpatrick with us. So for double nine seven three six seven three six, you've got some love for the Kiwis, Nick Foot. Oh, Hugh, we were just talking off air and Huey sort of said, what do you think of the Kiwi Brigade sort of, you know, penned into, penciled in to come across. And I just mentioned, I can't wait to see Imperatriz come over this yeah. this weekend in the Canterbury. He's a serious, serious horse. I actually enjoy, I don't know about you blokes, do you follow any New Zealand racing? I, I actually really enjoy watching the group stuff over there. And this Imperatriz won the group one sprint over 1,400 about three weeks back. Beat the likes of Levante by six or seven lengths and La Creek who SP'd at a dollar eighty five in an Empire Rose, absolutely Ow. torched him and is coming over here for the Canterbury Stakes. So this is a serious racehorse. Levante yeah. since Frank that and won a group one. Like I, I cannot wait to see that horse run on Saturday. I think Legato's a serious horse. I think I agree with Imperat Trees. I think she'll defeat a Taurus in the Canterbury Stakes. Mm -hmm. She's the real deal, Imperat Trees. 
Um, and I think Sharp and Smart will win the Derby. They will have one of their best ever autumn carnivals for quite some time, the Kiwis. Sharp and Smart will win the New Zealand Derby, then the Australian Derby. Correct. Yep. And you'll probably go to the Queen Elizabeth after that and be competitive. And, and they're just the ones with wraps on them. When we yep. always undermine the New Zealand form, what happens? Rockin' Horse comes out and wins down the straight, you know? And that's a sprinter, which is unheard yeah. of. So, And let's not forget the other side of the track in that new market. Levante won the other side of there. So yeah. the Kiwis were home lane one, lane two. Yeah. And she'll be hard to beat in a race like the, I think it's the Queen of the Turf, 1600 metres Ramwick in about four weeks' time. Yeah, And, and no doubt, gee, it'll start raining in Sydney soon. And yep. they'll, they'll send all and over their wet trackers that. and dominate yeah. as well. Eternal heavy tens away. <laughs> yeah. There's a message coming in from Tom from Toot Group. Gareth, did you see? <laughs> did you see Joe Pride's comment on about no. um, James Cummings and Bart? Uh, Johnny O'Neill. Johnny O'Neill compared. He's, yeah, that, he's a say it ten times, Huey. Tom, real fast. Tom, <laughs> Tom from Tookrook. Tom from Tookrook. <laughs> anyway, so Joe Pride, Joe Pride commented on Twitter today saying Johnny yep. O'Neill's call about James maybe surpassing Bart coming the end of his career was a ridiculous comparison. Um, seems like Joe gets fired up when anyone... Yeah, I love Joe. You know what? Joe's got an opinion and Johnny O'Neill's got an opinion. And you can say that Johnny O'Neill's comments are ridiculous. Um, but we, we should get Joe Pride on the show. He can join us um, for a, um, for the means test or we might get him on this particular show and pick his brain and get his opinions because good on Joe. Um, he, he gets fired up as well. He doesn't. He, he doesn't like to um, he doesn't have miss any... the person he's having a crack at. I think sometimes he might go, he, he ta- I don't know if he takes it personal or it's all tongue in cheek, but good on you, Joe. He doesn't have any splinters, does he, Joe? No. <laughs> no. And Johnny O'Neill doesn't have any splinters. So um, no, it's great for racing, I think. Mm. Healthy debate. It is healthy. It's not a heavyweight battle I'm going to get involved in. Why not? Whose side it. are you on? Um, I don't really understand the argument too much. I think it's a little bit apples and oranges for Correct. me. So. Yeah, I'll just, well, I'll, at the I'll, moment, I'll stand back, get the popcorn out, and just watch that one yeah. unfold, my friend. Um, what else have you got on our agenda today, Hilly? Are you going to get involved in the punt today? Have you got a, you got a winner for the, I've, the I'm, footy fill-up? I'm having one bet today. I'm, it's getting a little bit wet and horrible out there, and it might suit this horse. I'm going to stand down race four, number four, Duke of Hastings, who is excellent two-back over 1,700 at Sandown. And when he was too far back and then just ridden upside down last start, uh, Harry Coffey draws one here. Uh, I'd like to see him ridden a little bit more quietly, a little bit more patiently, and I think at four bucks is a good bet. So that's my bet today, Huey Fitzpatrick. Huey, have you got a bet for us? No, no form for me, Mickey. You got anything for the punters? Bag of tips, brother. It's coming up, nine o'clock. That's a very that- good point you make. You've got to make sure that you just give the audience something just to hang on to. Um, best text message today. There's been a few of them to win the... What prize are we giving away today? $50 Brick Lane Brewing Voucher. The best pale ale in the game. Okay, friends. Yes, I love Ronnie. Ronnie's the best five I've ever seen. Winks, Black Caviar, Kingston Town, Maccabi Diva, So You Think. Um, And Dulcify could have been in there until um, his career was tragically cut short. Who would be your top five, Mickey? Jeez. Tell you what, Maccabi Diva would... I'm sort of going on a dicko angle here again. Maccabi Diva for me was a sentimental horse because it won when I needed it to win. I needed her to win. But Black Caviar, Winks, Maccabi Diva. Yeah. I think Black Caviar is the most extraordinary horse that I've ever seen. To do what she did in Lightning Stakes when she used just to travel there on the bit and everybody was under pressure and she was looking around thinking, is this, are you guys serious? Mm. Um, she's the most extraordinary horse that I've seen because – when you look back at her record, um, she was perfect. 
not many athletes competing at the highest level for as long as she did were perfect. Like mm. LeBron James has bad days. Tiger Woods has a bad day. Don Bradman wasn't perfect. He went out when he was trying to be um, get to that average of 100. So she was perfect. I love your comparisons. In every way. They're great. That's why she'll be the number one in my mind forever, basically. Good on you, Huey. You're excellent today. Nichols foot. Go and train hard. Um, you've got a big job. Might put the poncho on out there yeah. today. Yes. And um, Mickey Gannon, don't go anywhere. It's nine o'clock in news time. Let's turn a foot on this Wednesday.